host. Welcome to the Seven Figure Network Podcast. My name is Melford Bibbins, and today I'm joined by Justin Prince. I'm super excited about this interview today because Justin is one of those folks that's seen great success in the industry as a distributor, and he has been training the industry to think in a much different way about recruiting, retention, and how to move yourselves forward. So you, you know I love talking to other trainers out there because this, this industry has gone through such an ebb and flow lately that I want to hear what every expert in the industry is doing now, today, to keep their team moving forward. So first and foremost, Justin, thanks so much for being on the show today, but I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate the invite and really admire the value you guys are putting out and, and happy to happy to be on. Uh, thank you, but I appreciate that. So, hey, I don't want to tell your story. I want to hear it from you. So what actually brought you into the network marketing industry in the first place? Yeah, so <clears throat> my wife and I live in Southern Utah and we have four kids out here, but I uh, came from a, a divorced family at age 12. We moved 13 times in the next seven years, kind of through the teenage years. And I had no professional background. I was making pizzas, doing construction work. I worked at a mall kiosk selling cartoon Bible movies at a mall kiosk. I was the guy at the mall you guys tried to avoid eye contact with because I like, <laughs> would try and like suck you into my mall kiosk. And no college education. But what I did have was big dreams and big goals. And I really wanted to be somebody when I grew up. And so when I was 25, I uh, was introduced to the profession. I was super skeptical. I, I tell people, people are often, oftentimes we're down on what we're not up on. And that was me. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. But once I kind of got past my biases, my kind of, you know, build in biases and kind of, I fell in love with the whole concept of what we could go build. I'm sure it's the thing that a lot of us have fallen in love with. And, and so I just went for it. And so I was 25. I had one little baby boy at the time. He, uh, at the time of this recording, he's actually eight, uh, 18 now, which is crazy how fast the whole thing goes. But I wanted to, people have asked me since they go, why did you join it? Back in the day, I used to give them these, like what I thought was the answer I was supposed to give. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to build a financial asset or anyway, just some big, cool, smart answer. <laughs> the honest truth is the honest, like heart reason why I did it is I wanted to make my little boy proud of me. And I wanted to make my wife proud of me. And I wanted to build a great life for my family. And so uh, as I look back now, you know, I've certainly had the ups and downs uh, mm -hmm. for sure, but it's, it's, it's changed my whole life. You know, this profession has changed my whole life. So it's a, you know, I went from one of those situations where no college education, no professional background to, you know, now, you know, over, you know, 4 million customers and 2 billion in sales and multiple multi-million dollar businesses. And it's just turned into this incredible thing, you know, and really my, I think my passion today is helping kind of that next generation, like really helping, helping me 15, 16, 17 years ago, like that next generation of, mm -hmm. of leaders in our profession yeah. to to get where they want to go with way less brain damage than I, than I had, like way less headaches than I, you know, than I had, like just help them to navigate, you know, learning the skills, building the confidence, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that they treat this more like a, like a, a business, like a profession, like I'm going to be a real estate professional or mortgage professional or an insurance mm -hmm. professional, or, uh, you know, uh, and you, you came from, you know, a lot of the business you built was like in the healthcare, like a chiropractor or a medical mm -hmm. doctor, like those are professions. Yeah. And I wanted to, to be able to help people build this where they're like, I'm going to go put their work in and go build an actual professional business and really help people to succeed. So that's a little quick snapshot of, of kind of what's happened and, you know, mm -hmm. the, the journey we've been on. 
Yeah. So, so speaking about leadership, I mean, you and I are both athletes. We're both big workout guys. And I, I've always found that you, you know, I think you're a, a bigger workout guy than me. You have <laughs> shoulders. I am a fairly sizable guy, I'll admit, but, but I'm also old. So, so I'm not lifting nearly as heavy as I used to. But, uh, you know, what I find oftentimes is, you know, folks who are in men and women who are dedicated to fitness, to, to really moving their body forward, to pushing themselves, tend to be good leaders. How do you think that your level of athleticism has impacted your leadership? Yeah, that's, that's a really insightful question. So here's what I would say, just generally speaking. So people are very consistent. So liars tend to lie. Cheaters tend to cheat. Stealers tend to steal and winners tend to win. And so if you can build winning habits, like success principles or success principles. So for example, Mm -hmm. persistence, focus, uh, resilience, these are all like these success principles. You can, you can channel those or apply those into different avenues. So for example, if you apply them into your fitness, your fitness and your nutrition, those, those same success principles, if you were to like kind of focus them and channel them into nutrition and fitness, you could, you, you'll get in great shape. In other words, it's not like, I hope this will pan out it, with the right, you know, with the right plan. It's going to pan out, you know? And the same thing I think is true when it comes to building a business. So for me, I've, I've worked out about four to five days a week for the last 26 years in a row. Like I haven't missed. Yep. And thus, I don't know, something really bizarre. I haven't missed a week. I haven't missed multiple days in 26 years. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm so great or anything like that. It's just that I build habits. And I'll tell you this, habits don't care about your feelings. So one of the things that happens is we're like, I don't feel like it today, dude. I don't feel like eating healthy today. I don't feel like going to the gym today. I don't feel like doing it today. Your habits don't care about your feelings. You just build good habits. Yeah. And Aristotle says, excellence is not an act, which by the way, excellence is our goal, right? It's our mm-hmm. goal to be an excellent in our marriages, excellent in our fitness, excellent in our faith, excellent with our kids, excellence in our business, excellent as a human being, hopefully. But, you know, excellence is not an act. In other words, it's not one thing that we do. He says, it's a habit. Mm-hmm. He says, therefore, we are what we repeatedly do. And I tell people, you're not what you did, but you are what you repeatedly do. Meaning, yeah. we all make mistakes. We all do stupid things. We all mess up. I get mm-hmm. it. Of course. We all have off days, off moments, but but what you repeatedly do, those habits that you repeatedly do, that ultimately is who you are, you know? Yep. And so for me, I, that fitness thing, that's such a great question. I've never had, had someone pose it that way, but I I think it helped me to build some of those original disciplines. As I started when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Some of those original disciplines, I came from a sporting background. I, I played you know, multiple sports. And again, those success principles, mm-hmm. I could channel those into into, in this case, into business. Now, let me say this. What if you're listening to this and you're like, I wasn't an athlete. I, you know, physical fitness hasn't been my thing. Here's the beautiful thing about success principles. You can literally pick these things up today. Yeah. All this stuff, you can start all this stuff today. You can start mm-hmm. becoming more focused. You can start becoming more resilient, more mentally tough. You can start all of that. Like these are skills. In fact, um, there was a study in Harvard Business Review that said 29% of workers that are going into the workforce right now have the requisite skills for that position. So 29% have the requisite skills. And then what it also said is in the next 18 months, unless they add 10 new skills, their current skills won't be, they'll they'll basically be obsolete. In other words, the the market's changing so fast. So part of what I want to share with each of us is we can learn new skills, my friend. Mm -hmm. Skills are learnable, teachable, duplicatable. It's something you can actually learn. You can learn a skill. Now, you can't learn height you know, you can't learn seven foot two inches tall. You can't like your shoulders that those took a lot of, of work, but there's, there's, some, there's some, uh, 
there's some natural body genetics there that genes. you know build shoulders like that. Good genes. You you can't learn some of that stuff. Some mm-hmm. of that stuff you sort of have, some stuff you yeah. don't. Listen, skills you can learn. And what I want to share with you is don't go learn 10 new ones, go learn 20 new ones. So you start getting ahead mm. of people. And that includes in your fitness and includes in your your disciplines and so on. You start building habits that, man, you do those habits for the next one year, three years, five years, you'll be a mm-hmm. completely different person than you are right now. I appreciate you saying that. And especially right now, because, you know, what we're seeing is between the great resignation and everything else, you know, this could possibly be a pinnacle moment for network marketing. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, we have, you know, the great resignation with folks who do, who just don't want to go back, who've, you know, worked from home for a certain amount of time, had a marvelous time with their kids, their spouse, their dogs, you know, life was great, or they're transitioning and don't want to transition in anything else. So like you and I were talking about earlier, you know, working with B2B folks and that sort of thing. There, there's so many talented people right now that have never desired access to this industry because they had real jobs, real this, real the other thing. Now we've got such an opportunity to help these folks find this path this, to freedom. What are you doing to tap into? And it, perfect example, men, you know, the most underserved people in this entire industry is men and, and you know, people who had a real professional background. Are you seeing more of those folks gravitating, uh, gravitating towards you now? Or are you reaching out to these folks more? Because it seems like, you know, you're that you're that guy that seizes these opportunities and sees, you know, a couple of years ahead. What do, what do you think yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah, great question. So first of all, First of all, from a macro macro market, uh, I I agree with some of these 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 assumptions you're making based on the trends. So mm-hmm. you know, great resignation. I think in 2020, we all I think all of us realized. You know, you almost have you used to almost have to talk people into to like, hey, things can change, and like you always want to be prepared and like yeah. dig the water well before you need the water. And that 2020, everyone's like, yo, it can change. Like the whole world can change, and mm-hmm. so people start to to kind of become more aware of, am I secure in what I'm doing? Like my business was not essential or my job is not essential and I got toasted. And so there, I think, I think there's an openness now that we've never had before. Mm -hmm. I do think there's a great resignation happening. I also will say this, there's a massive shift from physical to digital. So in other words, the Mm -hmm. online shopping is continuing. I think that in five years, maybe 10 years right now, today, if you say I have an online business, you're still unique. Because not everyone of your friends has an online business. Ten yep. years from now, if you don't have an online business, you'll be weird. Yeah, like you'll be unique. Yeah. Great point. You know, people will be like, "Why don't you? Have, you don't? You're not making money on online. Like, what's wrong with you?" Today, it's it's kind of interesting. If you are, I think yeah. ten years from now, it'll be boring. If you're not, you know. Yeah. And so, all of those are macro macro shifts. Now, you know, in my business, so my business, I've been uh, we launched seven years ago, and seven years about two months ago, and in my first basically five years. Uh, we did a little bit of pre-marketing effort. So let's call it five plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I launched five huge teams. So like five huge lines and mm-hmm. to the tune of a probably 100 and maybe 30 million a year of revenue. Mm-hmm. In the last just under three years, so just in this case, just over two, just under three years, yeah. I've launched 16 new huge teams ah. and you know added you know hundreds and hundreds of millions of net new revenue. And under those 16 teams, as you would imagine, is mm-hmm. there's teams within teams within teams within yeah. teams. So it's, it's been hundreds and hundreds of launches. Yeah. And, you know, I went from what I was making, what took me, you know, uh, what would that have been? Took me 14 years in the profession to make annually to making that monthly, you know, in two years. Yeah. And I share that with you to say more people are looking for what we're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and they're looking for leadership. They're looking for clarity. 
They're looking for people that have, you know, real proven systems that actually know mm -hmm. what they're doing. Um, we use terms like proven systems in network marketing. That's one of the reasons I'm, I, I think what you're, what you, your, your back story and background is mm -hmm. interesting is what you did was not just what you did. What you did was very systematic. It wasn't like, I hope this pans out. It was systematic. Bingo. That's what I think has helped us is people are, they're not looking for, I'm going to say this without you know, trying to hurt anyone's feelings because it's, it's, it's a reality I lived for, you know, 10 plus years, but a lot of times in networking, we almost had a bad rap. And I think, I think rightfully so in some cases of like selling the dream, mm -hmm. yep. like selling the dream that dude, just keep working hard, bro. And five years from now, you'll have this huge life, you know, yeah, never and you're again. looking at your business, you're <laughs> like, my business isn't growing. And you're like, what I'm doing all the stuff you're telling me to do. And they're like, just keep doing more of it. And you're like, if what I'm doing is not working, how's doing more of what's not working going to help me, you know? Yeah. And so it's just sell the dream and keep personally developing yourself. And some of that, I understand, meaning you do have a person to develop yourself. I understand all that. But what I'm saying is if you look at like, for example, in 1978, there was a, there was legislation passed. There was laws passed on franchising. Mm -hmm. you, you had to, there was disclosure laws. And so franchises had to become more legitimate because in 1952, when, when, uh, when McDonald's, you know, when, when uh, Ray Kroc connected with Mick and Marie's and they started McDonald's it, through the fifties, all of a sudden, boom, they started dotting the earth with them. And then through the sixties, even more, well, it got, it got, it got spun out where there was people that were selling the franchise without a real, a real business. Right. So it became more of like the word franchise back in those times was, was negative. Hmm. It was like looked down upon. But what happened is they legitimized it through great systems. Like mm -hmm. it became more systematic. So it was more predictable of what could happen. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I think is, is really happened in our business is it's the system is predictable. You know, like you kind of know what's going to happen. Like I, I know exactly what I need to do. I know how many people we need on the team. I know how many customers that's going to generate. I just know the numbers, you know. And when you make it more predictable, you start getting better people. Now, here's the real secret, though. Here's the real secret. Napoleon said, don't tell me how many troops they have. Tell me who their generals are. So you need key people. You need key people in all businesses. If you, own a, 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 if you own a car dealership, you need a great general manager, parts and service manager, sales floor manager, finance manager, and customer service manager. You need five really key people. If you, get, if you don't have them, your business is going to suffer. If you do have them, you'll, you'll build a great business. Yeah. So same thing's true here, but here's the real secret. Can you help the newest person win? Mm. If the normal person can succeed in your business, if the system, because great systems make normal people great, mm. yep. or at least good that. to where yeah. your normal person can start to succeed. You don't have to sell the normal person the five years from now dream. Yep. You can show them how today, this week, this month, we can start to succeed, earn some commissions online, start to build a business. Mm -hmm. And when you, when once we figure that out, it was, it was a little bit, you know, kind of game over. Then it was just how many key people can you, can you attract, you know, and can, can you serve people at a higher level? So I, I agree with your macro um, assessment of the macro economy. And I think it's really incumbent upon us to build really great systems and to really not just, you know, hope. I tell people hope is not a strategy. Don't hope <laughs> things are going to go well. Like you've got to have plans and systems and strategies and uh, you need to know your numbers to be able to help people to, to succeed. Yeah. I, I so thoroughly enjoy interviewing another systems guy. It, it's just, it's so nice to just cut through the cloud and understand that systems are the cornerstone to success in this industry and any, I mean, 
God, you just made the perfect point. You know, in any industry, if you don't have your systems in place, you're going to go sideways. I mean, you and I have done plenty of other businesses aside from network marketing, and I'm sure you've seen the ups and downs I have the second a system is in place. Hey, do me a favor and tell me about what your recruitment's been like over these last few years. Or, you know, because as you know, I interviewed so many folks that some folks are online, some folks held on to belly to belly as hard as they could for so long. You know, what has been your What's been your secret, if you will, over these last few years when there was turmoil, craziness? And again, I'm not trying to be negative, but what, what did you do personally to get that massive growth of not just building the five teams, building those 16 massive teams out below you? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let me give a little backstory. So we've grown every year for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017 was a breakout year. The first number of years we were growing, but it was incremental growth. Uh, so we were getting bigger, but it was just, you're kind of just, you know, a little bit at a time. Yeah. And 17 was a breakout year. 18 was bigger than 17. 19 was our biggest year ever, most profitable year ever. Well, 2020 hits. I don't know how, if you guys can remember where you were, but so March of 2020, right? The whole world is like, okay, we're going to shut the whole world. And you're like, what is happening? You know? Right. And I remember thinking, I wasn't sure what it meant to the world, let alone to my business. I didn't know what it was going to mean. Yeah. Well, meaning Again, I was trying to like just figure out like what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And 2020, we were, we grew by 300%. We were 300% bigger than 19. Wow. Now there were a lot of direct sales companies that grew in 2020. Mm-hmm. There was actually quite a few. Yep. People were home. We became a little bit more relevant. Mm-hmm. A lot of our products and services made more sense. They were looking for ways to generate additional income. You know the whole thing. 2021, most direct sales companies revenue went the other direction. They had a good year and now kind of a down year. So 2021, every month in 2021 was our biggest month we'd ever had of that month. So biggest February ever, biggest June ever, biggest August ever, et cetera. And then this year so far, every month has been not only the biggest month we'd ever had, but we've had month over month over month. So every month's gotten bigger this year. Wild. Okay. I tell all that to say this. (laughs) One of the reasons I think that happened is because about six or let's see, what would it be now? Six years or so ago, we went completely online. We do it all from our phones. And I share this with you to say this. I had a lot of resistance when we first did it. Now, some people wanted to do it then others, because you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. And so when we start pulling, particularly when times are tough, when times are tough, people resort back to what they're used to. Yeah. And so if their team wasn't growing the way that they wanted, or if they didn't have the momentum they wanted, they would resort further back to what they used to. Mm-hmm. But to me, I felt like that's where the world was going is you know to, to build systems online. And my goal now is to build the premium system on the planet to make money online, not the premium system in network marketing. I'm talking about the premium system if you want to make money on using the internet, you know? And so the point is, is when, when all of the shifts happened, like the 2020 stuff, yeah. we were, they shifted right to where we already worked. Exactly. Yeah. Like if we would have been doing home parties and one-on-one meetings at coffee shops, no one was meeting at coffee shops mm-hmm. there for, you know, a period or no one was meeting at home parties and so right. And they, to like drag your friends over during kind of the, height of the scare of everything, people wouldn't have done it, you know? And so I, I think it shifted right to where we were. So that was a long way to answer this question of how did you guys do it? We did it all online. Um, I don't spam people, bug people, nag people, chase people, annoy people. I don't, I don't, I don't do it. I, uh, I really focus on adding value. Uh, I focus on building relationships. Um, I focus on serving, you know, kind of giving more than I get and serving people at a high level. Mm -hmm. And I'm proactive in my recruiting. So I don't just wait for people to come to me. Cause I think sometimes people are like, well, dude, it's easy for you to say, I mean, come on, like now you're successful and whatever it's easy for you to say. And I understand that other than I don't wait for people to come out, come to me. I try and build proactive relationships and add value. Like a great 
takeaway would be this service to many leads to greatness. So what are you doing to serve your customers at a higher level? What are you doing to serve your team at a higher level? What are you doing to serve your prospects at a higher level? Like how can you serve more people and add more value? And you become a little bit irresistible over time. Like, you know, uh, Melford, in your example, you systematized kind of the, this, this kind of doctor chiropractor strategy. Well, that was what you did is you served more people is <laughs> what you did, you know, like added a ton of value. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's part of what I would say is like, what can I do to serve more people? And that's where I feel like I started to really, you know, attract really great people mm -hmm. is through, you know, kind of that uh, service to many leads to greatness philosophy. Yeah. Tell me about the total recruiting blueprint because I think we were almost there just now. And I really want everybody to know about that because you, you, you just said that you've been building online for six years now and you're doing it in a, a less obnoxious way. I hate to use that word, but a less obnoxious way than a lot of folks are being taught by gurus. You know, people are paying for courses to literally learn how to be more obnoxious. So what has been your secret through the total recruiting uh, blueprint to, to get this whole build going to the point where you hit your best growth ever when a lot of companies were doing that? Yeah. 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 So what happened for me is I'd have people on my team that would call and we would talk about recruiting or team building. Mm -hmm. I'd have friends of mine from other companies that would call mm -hmm. and they would talk to me about uh, recruiting and imagine a scale. Imagine this for the sake of an example, if, if everything you knew was one to a hundred for the sake of this mm -hmm. example, uh, one to a hundred. And I would talk to my one friend and they would ask questions. So I'd give them six, seven, and eight. Mm -hmm. And I talked to another friend, I'd give them 42, 43, 45. And it wasn't that I was trying to hold anything back. just that there was just you know, there's like a whole blueprint of what you would actually teach if you could sit down for a couple, you know, a couple hours and teach it. Mm -hmm. So what happened was I did a training for my team. I, I hired like a professional studio and multiple cameras and all these people and spent, you know, whatever it was, $10,000 or whatever. And then once a week, I would do with these live training once a week for six weeks, I would do these live trainings for my own team. Mm -hmm. And we did it by the way, at the beginning of a year, like in a January, mm -hmm. our our recruiting, I had one gal, just to give you an example, I had one gal that her team the year before in January, the year before had recruited like 24 people, her whole team. She has a, she has a decent team, but yeah. 24 people. The year that they went through this, that those six weeks, that year they recruited like, like 314 people or whatever it was like. So I had people that were like, I've never recruited anyone that recruited 15. And I, you know, so it was just, it just boom. Yeah. So I took all, and there, the trainings are hundred percent generic, meaning it wasn't, it wasn't company specific or team specific. Yeah. But I told my wife once, I have all these friends calling saying, hey, how are you doing this? And how are you guys doing that? And what are you doing here? <laughs> I said to my wife, I go, I go, man, if I got ran over by a bus tomorrow, I go, I would have like all of this institutional knowledge, like in my brain, it would just, yeah. be, it would just be poof. It'd be gone, you know? Right. And I go, I've got to like lay it out, like literally like a blueprint, just like from A to Z. So from one to a hundred, using that analogy mm -hmm. of like the concepts and the philosophies and the scripts and the strategies and the my, you know, just the entire thing from A to Z, like the entire blueprint of, of how, you know, I've I've uh, been the top of multiple companies and I've built you know two, a couple of billion dollars worth of revenue and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's what that was. So that's that's become my most popular online course that I've ever mm -hmm. created is that total recruiting blueprint. And and I think people like it because it's not, it's actually it's funny. I'll have friends of mine that are not in my company that will go through it and they're like, they'll send me messages and I'll be like, I've never heard this before. I've never heard it taught this way. I've never heard. So it's not the same. A, a lot of times in, in, and this is probably true of humanity. This is probably how humans are. But a lot of times we say what was told to us and they say that was what was told to them. And then that person says what was told to them. Mm -hmm. So just kind of like, like we have our isms, you know, like a, a why that makes you cry. Like these rhyming isms that we say right. in direct sales. 
And uh, like just these, these, you know, yell or jail, you know, we say these weird things mm-hmm. and I just, I'm like, I look at it more like a real business. Like how do we actually help you build a real freaking empire? You know, mm-hmm. um, I'll share this with you just to kind of illustrate the point. So in 1666, Christopher Wren, who's a famous architect at the time, was, was commissioned to build to rebuild St. Paul's Cathedral. It burned down. And five years later in 1671, he walks up on the, on the project and there's three men laying bricks. And he says to the first man, he says, sir, what are you doing? And he says, I'm, I'm laying bricks. I'm a bricklayer. I'm laying bricks to feed my family. He says to the second man, as he walks a little further, he says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm a wall builder. I'm building a wall. And he says to the third man, sir, what are you doing? He says, I'm a cathedral builder. I'm building a cathedral to the almighty. <laughs> and they were all doing the same thing, but one was laying bricks and one was building cathedrals. Wow. And so I, I share with people, how do you go from like, I'm posting on social media, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm getting some customers. I'm building a team to like, I'm building an empire. Yeah. And that's what that blueprint is. It's like, basically, how do you, how do you build an empire of a business? Love it. So now let's flip the coin and let's go to retention. Because obviously we both know that that's going to be the secret. And that's, that is the secret to the monumental growth that you've had retention and the incredible amount of money that you've been able to put through that company. So what is the retention strategy that's worked so well for you? Yeah. So there, so let me, let me talk concept first and I'll give you some, some, Please. some strategy. So why do people stay? There's really four reasons they stay. Number one is because they're either making money or they have the hope to make money. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking uh, distributors here, but we could talk a little bit. Some of these will blend to customers, but I'll, I'll, I'll so follow me through. I'm either making money mm-hmm. or I kind of hope that this is going to pan out. I'm going to make some money. Like I stuck around on a lot of those years just on ho- I hope this is going to work, mm-hmm. work out. And then I've also, you know, succeeded as well. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is passion for the product or service. I love the product. I'm going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Three is I love the community. Like I love the people. And then uh, four is tied really to three, but it's just basically it's, it's culture. It's like, I like, I'm a better person because I'm here. I like the community. I like the culture, I like the environment. I'm growing. I'm learning. So those are reasons people stay. Mm-hmm. So in our business, some of the things that we've done from a, 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 a customer side. So think of it this way. If your customers are sticking with you, well, that means your, your distributor or your rep, in our case, a social marketer, they're going to stick with you too. Because their 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 customer revenue is sticking around, you know. So for us, it's like it's like go to the heart of it. The heart of it is: can we keep keep customers? Like, well, can we keep can we create happy customers? Can we create raving fans? Can we have customers actually share with customers, not just distributors share with customers? So like a B to C, but actually like C to C customer <laughs> sharing with customer. Yeah. And in ours, you know, thirty five percent of our revenue every month comes from a customer referral to a new customer which is, I don't even know, that's probably unheard of in our profession. That is unheard of. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And so here's a couple of thoughts that we've done. Number one is you want to always reward what you want to see more of. Mm-hmm. You want to reward what you want to see more of. And so with us, we modeled it off the, well, some of these models off of Amazon Pantry. So the first one was the more that they have more items in their cart, mm-hmm. the, our research basically said, our data said, the more products they use, the longer they stay, mm-hmm. which... By the way, that's pretty awesome. I mean, what if it said the more they use, the faster they quit? You know, that'd be, that'd be good. <laughs> so it says the more they use, the longer they stay. So we thought, okay, cool. How do we get people to use more products? So the more products that were in their cart, the bigger discount they got. So between five, 10, and 15. Second thing is uh, the, the uh, when they put it on like what we call a, a subscribe and save, when they put it on a subscribe and save, we build a VIP list. The VIP list has been freaking so hot. So check this out. The, <laughs> 
uh, we have we have discount codes. So we we really introduced this to, to, to the profession. But uh, give get what well, give get was I can give you a benefit, I get a benefit. That's how Uber launched. That's actually how uh, a lot of the big online tech companies launched. It was through give get models. Mm-hmm. So you have an unlimited amount of ten dollar ten dollar off discounts. Yep. But when someone makes a customer purchase, they get three time-bound $20 give, $20 get. So hmm. their first, they get three. They only get three and they're time-bound, meaning they don't last forever. They have a limited mm-hmm. amount of time. So what, what does that do? It, it encourages customer to customer sharing. So now they're doing it with a community. You've, uh, you've seen some of the studies that say like 60, like if you're doing, for example, a weight loss system, mm-hmm. for example, if you have a partner, and by the way, weight loss is just an illustration. This is true of all products. Mm-hmm. If you have a partner, you'll stick with that 67% high. That's one of the reasons you want to get community partnerships and stuff yep. because if you're doing getting in health in shape or doing something like a run, do it with a team because you'll mm-hmm. stick around. You know, you you won't wake up early in the morning by yourself, but you will because you know that Mary's out there waiting to go for yeah. a run. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, man, I don't want to stand her up. So that's number one is we 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 incentivize sharing. We incentivize mm-hmm. with a three time bound codes. Second thing is the the hardest order to get in any e-com business, any network marketing business is actually the second order. Let's just say that getting a first order is hard enough. I get that. I get it. The hard one's the second order because they've already tried it. And then how do you get them order? So what we do is we, we preload their account with $20 shopping credits. So month two, you can go back to them. Hey, you know, how'd you like month one? You can, you can follow up and say, Hey, when you, when you push submit, you're preloaded with $20 shopping credits. And then on month three, what we do is we double their discount. So instead of five, we add five. Instead of 10, we add 10. Instead of 15, we add 15. And we lock them in forever as long as they stay a VIP customer. Mm. And so they're they're just getting huge additional you know discounts moving yeah. forward. And so you you encourage them with. There's two ways to motivate. There's a carrot and a stick. <laughs> so the stick in yeah. is if you don't do what I want, whap! I kind of whap you on the back. You're like, ouch, mm-hmm. that hurts. But a carrot is, hey, if you do what's right, then I'll give you more benefit. Yep. And so it's all the proper motivations that keep customers around. And that's obviously Mm -hmm. in addition to all of our customer marketing. Some of the stuff we've done with our team is like we we have um, all through all of our texting campaigns, we have automated drips that go through that go through virtual classes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, would you like to learn more about, you know, your collagen or would you like to learn more about gut health? They say "Uh, collagen. And then we have virtual class videos that come up and like educate them on on what we're Mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. And so all of that stuff is tied. So higher product education, mm-hmm. higher product knowledge, you know, in our business, if you know what our products do, you're going to stick on it. I'm sure that's how your audience feels about mm-hmm. their products. So higher product knowledge and education, number one, number two, the proper incentives to share number three, the proper incentives to reorder. And then number four, the proper incentives to stay. Mm-hmm. And it's just ex- exploded our attention. That's amazing. Have you felt anything different internationally as compared to the domestic market? Because I mean, you have this beautiful system in place. Does it work as well in Italy as it does in America, as it does in Canada, as it does in Brazil? So um, let me bifurcate this subject. So there's model and systems. Mm -hmm. Model like the business model itself. Mm -hmm. The business model itself is still work. The $10 codes, the, the model itself. The systems are nuanced in different markets. Mm-hmm. So the way you build online, uh, each market has its own uh, government nuances, meaning political and rules, like regulatory nuances. Mm-hmm. There's cultural nuances in different markets. But you know, our you know all of our international markets have have continued to grow. They haven't grown at the rate this like the oh, the the kind of the, what the exception of Canada. 
they haven't grown at the rate that we have in the States, mm-hmm. but uh, the system still works. It's still applicable. It's just, you have to, you have to find the nuances, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. you have the, I'll give you an example. We have a product called trim in the States. Uh, this product's off the charts, by the way, but it, it, it burns belly fat, builds lean muscle. It's called trim. Uh, in Australia, trim, the word trim is a, is a claim. It's like oh. basically a health claim. Interesting. So we call it shape in Australia, <laughs> you know, same exact product. It's just, you can't use the same name. So those are nuances that are government <laughs> right, regulation right, right. nuances that you have to, you have to kind of massage and, and, and work with as you go to different markets. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, do me a favor. There's going to be some folks who are listening to this, you know, in their car or, you know, on their phone, they're not going to watch the show notes. What is the best way for them to reach you personally? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously all throughout all of social media, you know, I am Justin Prince. I am Justin Prince or, and then my site, I am Justin And, mm-hmm. you know, I put out a ton of content and a ton of free content and, and, you know, helping people to really, it's, it's what I call be the one I, I want to, help people to be the one that writes a story that lives a life that future generations of kids who are yet unborn, they look up into that family lineage and they say it was her, you know, it was him. She's the one, he's the one that changed our family forever. Like she's the one that built the business. She's the one that broke the generational curses. He's the one that taught financial prosperity down through this family. Like it was him, it was her. And they're telling your story. Yeah. And so, you know, if I can serve you guys or help you guys go to that next level in your life and your career, say, I want to remind you, you are not who you are. You are who you were born to become. Mm-hmm. So you are your potential. You aren't the mistakes you've made. You aren't your past. You are your potential. You are growing into that. And think of it this way, Milford. Like when you were 16 years old, you're not, you were who you were at 16. I'll give you that. But you were not, you were not who you were at 26 or 36. Like Amen. you want to, like we change, we grow. You can grow into that potential. You literally can be the one starting today that makes the decision that says, I'm going to live a significant life. I'm going to write an incredible story. I'm going to go create and design an extraordinary life. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is your six month goal? Six month? Yeah, please. So for me, uh, I'm really, I I don't recruit people. I launch teams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so for me, it's like, it's like, it's just continuing to, to find the right kind of key people to go launch you know, new team. So I just, I just finished another million dollar line, um, two months ago, but, uh, my goal is, you know, probably four to six a year, four to six, mm-hmm. these million dollar lines a year. And that's really what I kind of focus on. So in the next six months, I want to launch, you know, two or three new million dollar lines and continue. Cause what's so powerful about these lines is the person that I partner with. And then those teams, these teams become million dollar teams or in some cases, multi-million dollar teams. And so just to really pour like this, this wisdom that you've learned over these years and these people, it's really been, it's really been powerful. Yeah. Love it. You're a big thinker. So I'm going to ask you a question that I don't actually ask a lot of people. I want to hear your six year goal. Let me, let me say this. Um, My 10 year goal Mm -hmm. is to build a, a, when I say 10 year goal, I have a bunch of goals within goals, right? But it's to build, it's to build, a, a, you know, I, I went from first learning how to make six figures a year. And I was like, so passionate about that. Then to learning how to make seven, then learning how to make eight. You know, my goal is to build, you know, a nine figure net worth mm-hmm. in the next, you know, six to 10 years. Yeah. And to, you know, again, you say, how do you get there? You get there through service to many ways to greatness. You know, you can serve more people mm-hmm. and add more value and, and um, see if you can show up in a way to, to in, in, improve people's lives, like, you know, make their life a little bit easier. So mm-hmm. that's really what I've been kind of focused on from just a kind of a business monetary, you know, kind of overall goal. 
my son is 18, so he'll be 24 in six years. My little girl is 14. She'll be 20, which is crazy. <laughs> and, you know, my other little girl's 12 and then nine. So six years from now, a lot will change in my, in my life. In fact, six years from now, most likely I'll probably be like a grandpa or at least heading, heading quickly into it. <laughs> it's amazing, by the way, nothing like it. Yeah. That's being what I've a, heard. Grandpa is the greatest thing in the universe. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, so now it's great. It, it, it's funny. Cause I meant to ask, cause I remember you said your son was 18 and I'm wondering, are, are the, are the kids already starting to step into the role? Is, uh, is does your son have a team yet? Are they excited about that? I mean, they, yeah. they've seen what you've done. They've seen how focused you are. And most importantly, they've seen how many lives you've impacted. And I yeah. got to think that being the good guy you are, that's trickled down to your kids. So are they excited to get into the industry as well? Yeah. Yeah. My kids are really, they're really sweet kids, really special kids. Um, so my, my son just got, uh, a, a, an assignment to go for on a two-year mission, mm-hmm. uh, from, from Southern Utah, where we live to West Virginia, to Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah. So he leaves here in about seven or eight weeks. And so, mm-hmm. uh, when he gets back though, he, cause he'll leave here in, in, in you know, six or seven weeks. Yeah. So when he gets back, he wants to, he wants to do my business with me and, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's like a 2.0 version of me. This kid's, this kid's, this kid is kid's next level. And so I'm excited to, to watch him grow into that next version of himself, you know? Yeah. yeah. I hope he enjoys his mission. That's going to be great. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's going to be a heck of a two years. So, Hey, uh, I, Justin, I'm so happy you're on here today. You gave so much great knowledge and, and it's funny. I, I often tell the audience this, that a lot of times send folks questions beforehand. Cause I'm very trans. You know me well enough to know I'm like the pinnacle of transparency. I, and I always send folks, uh, my guests questions. I didn't ask you one of them. Everything we talked about was just something that was something cool Love you it. said and got us moving. So thanks so much, man. I really, it made it fun for me as well. And I know it was great for the audience because you gave real actionable content, which is fantastic, man. Thank you. Yeah. I just really appreciate the value you and your wife for adding and, and, uh, you know, just serving people at a high level. And I just think it's really cool. So keep, keep, keep doing it. Dude. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. Have a great day, bud. Thank you. Thank you.